0: This podcast is a production of the Community Covenant Church in Eagle River, Alaska. A place where real people meet a real God to live in a real world. For more information, visit our website at www.communitycovenant.net.
1: The scripture reading this morning is from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 13, verses 1 through 12. As Jesus was leaving the temple, one of his disciples said to him, Look teacher, what massive stones, what magnificent buildings. Do you see all these great buildings? replied Jesus. Not one stone here will be left on another. Every one will be thrown down. As Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives opposite the temple, Peter, James, John, and Andrew asked him privately, Tell us, when will these things happen? And what will be the sign that they are all about to be fulfilled? Jesus said to them, Watch out that no one deceives you. Many will come in my name, claiming, I am he, and will deceive many. When you hear of wars and rumors of wars, do not be alarmed. Such things must happen. But the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. There will be earthquakes in various places, and famines." These are the beginning of birth pains. You must be on your guard. You will be handed over to the local councils and flogged in the synagogues. On account of me, you will stand before governors and kings as witnesses to them. And the gospel must first be preached to all the nations. Whenever you are arrested and brought to trial, do not worry beforehand about what to say. Just say whatever is given to you at that time, for it is not you speaking, but the Holy Spirit. Brother will betray brother to death and a father his child. Children will rebel against their parents and have them put to death.
0: Good morning, church. My name is Pastor Brad Bergfalk, Transitional Lead Pastor. Here and I had uh, a couple firsts happen to me this week. Last last weekend, my wife and I went to Katmai, you know, the place where the bears are, and there were a few bears wandering around. But um, I was talking with one of the rangers there, and I I got him to confess that the rangers all take turns dressing up in costumes for the tourists. So anyway, I, we were there, it was great. And then yesterday, another first, I, uh, I went to the Alaska State Fair. <laughs> and, uh, drove up there and where Park Highway, Park's Highway and the Glen Highway splits, um, the traffic was backed up to that point and we sat on the, on the Glen Highway for an hour, waiting to get to the front gate of the fair. It was really good. Yes, well, today we're um, continuing in the series of sermons that we have called uh, Wild, and it's about Jesus. It's about Jesus uh, sometimes uh, being a little bit unconventional from what we're, we would expect, and, and, and today I want for us to take a look at Jesus in the future. And uh, when I when I think about the future, and this is probably true for you too. There's there's at least two primary approaches to the future, right? The first approach to the future is that you don't pay any attention to it, and uh, you just kind of let life happen as it happens. In fact, um, my my children who are sort of. Adolescent and young adult, that appears to be their approach to the future, and, and it drives me as a parent absolutely crazy. You know, oh, you didn't think about the fact that the gas tank was on empty before you decided to take a 200 mile trip. Really nice. You know, those kinds of future thoughts, right? So that's one approach. Pay no attention to it, and just kind of let life happen. And, and, and there's a time for that, I, you know, I, I must confess that, you know, uh, walking through the fair yesterday there was a certain sense of okay what am, what am i learning about life in alaska here and i i don't have time to tell you this morning but there's a second there's a second uh, way that we approach the future and that is is that we some of us obsessively focus on the future everything that we do is future oriented right and uh, there, that's okay too, I suppose Except for the problem is Is that you spend so much time focused on your future And your future decisions That you don't have any time to live today And so here, you know, there's risks involved There are downsides involved To both of these uh, views of the future One is if you pay no attention to the future When you get there When you actually arrive to the future That you're paying no attention to And you're not ready for it or worse, you may have some regrets that you didn't make a decision here or there along the way to help you you know, experience it in a way that you, that you couldn't have because you didn't pay attention to it. Or the other risk is if you obsess uh, over the future, you miss living in the present, as I've already uh, suggested. But Jesus' view of the future is neither of these, believe it or not. In fact, Jesus' view of the future is, is intricately related to the past. It's connected to our present, and it has a, a whole lot to do with um, what's coming down the pike. Well, uh, a gentleman by the name of Jürgen Moltmann, I just like saying those German Theologian names Jürgen Moltmann. If I was to have another child, I think I would call him Jürgen. (laughs) Well, maybe not. not. Anyway, this is what he says. Jürgen Moltmann says this about the future, about Jesus the future. Says so the child of promise. He's referring to Jesus at this point becomes the symbol for the future of life, in contrast to the sufferings of the present. And in this way, it also becomes the pledge of God's faithfulness. He will find his forsaken people and bring them home That's Jesus' view of the future The future is is one of those things And I know this to be true Because I've lived long enough And and talked to enough people that, That is elusive at worst And frustrating at best Because we don't know No one knows the future No one can predict the future And we're all in the same drift boat when it comes to the future some of us uh, wish that our futures looked like this this would be a good time to change that slide yeah right here right we we wish that our futures were mapped out for us just like driving down the highway and the sign says this is the direction that you go but if we're lucky some of us will find that our future looks more like this. Is that is that a accurate picture for you sometimes? But then probably for most of us our future looks something a little bit like this. We find ourselves on a trail on a road and there's a fork and there's no sign. And we kinda gotta figure it out. Wherever we find ourselves today, in relationship to the future, I want you to know that the future always comes. Well, let me show you. I'll, I will show you in a very practical way. Okay? The future always comes. See, now we're in the future. Just like that. See? It's not so scary. Jesus had something to say about the future, but it's but it's not what you think. Uh, as we are heading down the home stretch of the sermon series called uh, Wild, uh, by now we've discovered that Jesus always is going to throw us a little bit off our game. Um, but he does have something to say about the future, and and this is this is something that um, in the next few minutes I would like for us to consider Jesus' view of the future and what difference that might make for us after all. For those of you who are excited because you think I'm going to delve into the to the mysteries of all of the crazy imagery and symbolism from the book of Revelation Or even from this chapter in the book of Mark that we've read today I am sorry to disappoint you, but I am not going to do that Because I don't think that's uh, sort of the basis of Jesus' understanding of the future, frankly but if you're this, if you're here this morning, and 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 you are wondering about your future, as I do from time to time, wondering about where the future might lead you, wondering about the implication of your past, for some of you who are saying who can't get over your past to even walk into the future, um, then listen well, because in the midst of all of the noise, God wants to speak the future into your life. Well, there's a, the primary way that we view the future in our particular culture is what what I'm calling a linear view of the future, where you have a past and where you have a present and you have a future, uh, and, and it's kind of lined out in a linear way. Uh, When we read the Bible, we often impose this particular worldview on how we interpret the Scripture. So when it comes to the future, we mistakenly believe or mistakenly assume that the biblical writers have the same lineal view of history that we do. And in this view, what's past is past, and there's nothing that we can do about it. And what's present is present and we have ability maybe to shape our present a little bit but not as much as we think. And then there's a the future and the future's coming down the tracks like a locomotive and before we know it, it's here. It's here. It was only yesterday that I was holding my three children as my wife gave birth and I was, I was amazed. By this extraordinary gift that God had given me And I, I remember thinking I can't wait until I can play baseball with my boys Or I can't wait until I can sit down And read a children's book to my daughter This weekend, my, my daughter, who's 23 years old Called us from Toronto, Ontario she, and As she always does, she needed something from us She said, Mom and Dad, I'm moving to Iceland now, okay, we knew a, a little bit about that possibility, but she's she's going to graduate school. So here I am, you know, reflecting on the future and, and what it was like holding this little girl in my hands and having her call me from half a world away and say, oh, by the way, I'm going to move further away from you. And I hope I hope it's not because of us. But that's that's what that happens in the future. A linear view of the future is an accurate way. I'm not I'm not knocking this this way to view the view the world. It's an accurate way to understand the world. But but when we try to impose this view of history on the biblical view of of uh, history, sometimes we can distort what the text means. And then there is a more of a biblical approach to the future, which you'll see in this next slide, where you have the past. Unlike the linear, however, it leads to, like the linear, it leads into the present. But unlike the linear, the future doesn't, doesn't keep launching us out someplace else. The future also leads into the present. You see, Jesus understood that the present is always, always influenced by God's future. You see, the earliest followers of Jesus, when they when they heard Jesus uh, describe this passage that we looked at a minute ago, understood that the kingdom of God was not something that they had to wait for. It wasn't like, okay, I've got to live my life as clean and as honest as I can, so when I die, I can finally experience heavenly bliss. That was not the that was not the impression that they had. Rather, the kingdom of God became active and present Right now in the person of Jesus N.T. Wright describes it like this The the early Christians believed that God Was going to do for the whole cosmos What he had done for Jesus at Easter In other words, the the entire worldview Of the ancient world For Jesus and his disciples All hung on the death and the resurrection of Jesus Jesus's view of the future, our, our our real future rests then in Jesus at the center of this. So when when he tells in Mark 13 about all of these things that are going to take place, the the underlying assumption is behind this is that I am at the center of whatever is going to take place in the future. You see, for God The death and resurrection of Jesus Easter if you will Was a game changer It changed everything In the passage that was read for us a moment ago Jesus points to the temple And he says to his disciples See that temple over there And if you want to understand What God's future looks like It's not based in in religious tradition And stones built one upon the other The sign of God's future The presence of God's kingdom Is here and now And it's made real in me that was, that's the implications of this text. God's game changer was Jesus. It was Jesus. And the disciples didn't get it. And some of us here this morning, we don't get it. And the reason I know that we don't get it, because if we fully understood the implications of this, we'd spend a whole lot less time worrying about our futures and we would spend a whole lot more time allowing God's future to penetrate every aspect of our lives. You see, the key to understanding our future has nothing to do with finding the interpretive key that will enable us to predict what's going to happen in kind of a linear view of history. It has nothing to do with that. The key to understanding your future is allowing God's future In the person of Jesus to transform your life. So the future for Jesus isn't so much about what's going to happen tomorrow or the day after that. The future is about what God has already done, what God has already done in Christ. And here's the rub. The fact that God did it is one thing. The hard part is the extent to which we can entrust our lives to that reality, right? Well, let me uh, offer you a, a pair of glasses, if you will, that you can view God's future through as you wait and wonder what what in the world God might be doing in your life right now, and and I, I by the way, whenever a preacher preaches, they preach to themselves. So I'll, I'll put the same glasses on that you do because I, you know I have questions about my future uh, just like just like you do. In the first. Uh, the first thing that we need to understand about Jesus' view of the future that has implications for us is this. uh, God's future is always rooted in the past. It's always rooted in the past. This is not to suggest that we live, you know, in the past. And I've, I've known people who do that But it's to confirm that God deals with us consistently Throughout the course of our lives And if you want to know how God is going to deal with you in the future Just look at the faithfulness of God in your past Because that will be the number one indicator Of how God will deal with you in the future Those of you who are in the financial industry You know all about that, right? The the financial prospectus comes out And what does it say? There's a disclaimer right at the top you know i you know the language better than I, but future future projection is uh, you know is based on what happened in the past blah blah, blah. The, if you want if you want to understand god 's future, then understand that God is going to always root your future in your past. You see the people of Israel all the way to the present uh uh look to the faithfulness of God In the Exodus And understand that implicitly God hasn't changed Over the century God hasn't changed Now some of you might be sitting here Saying to yourselves Well, you know, that's great Brad But I can't point to anything in my passage That suggests that, that God has been faithful My simple answer to you is You're not paying attention You're not paying attention The faithfulness of God it's painted all over the place in our lives and there's no reason to believe that God intends to deal with us any differently than He has in the past in the future. The future, of God's future is always rooted in the past. But God's future also provides hope for us in our present circumstances. The passage that we read a moment ago Comes from a, from a genre of literature That's referred to as apocalyptic literature And this was a very common form of literature In the ancient world And it was used to help people of, of that day Kind of cope with the, the challenges And suffering that they faced in their present life I mean, think about it for a moment If, if life's hard the way you cope with it is by projecting this hopeful future and they, they used all this wild imagery and symbolism to, to kind of speak to that hopefulness because they couldn't see it clearly. It's really similar to the, to the Negro spirituals where the slaves working in the heat of the day on some cotton plantation would begin to sing about their future hope in Jesus even though they continued to suffer under the oppression of their slaveholder. It's the same You see when we view our present circumstances Through the lenses of God's coming kingdom And the resurrection of Jesus It changes how we look at the world And in the second half of this passage That we read this morning Jesus describes some of the hardships That those who follow him are likely to face And this suffering and hardship cannot be avoided it's the nature of, of life This hardship, however, doesn't mean that God's future has failed for any of us Rather, for Jesus, when the disciples are brought before the authorities He says this The hardship provides an opportunity for the world to see God's kingdom And it is a witness to God's hope in the midst of hardship It is the way in which the gospel is proclaimed to the world Have you ever thought about that? The way you respond to the suffering and the difficulties that you're currently facing is one of the ways that you witness to the power of God. That's what Jesus is saying in this text. A few weeks ago when I was hiking on Resurrection Pass Trail, we had to travel for three days, 21 miles, and as some of you or many of you know, it's all uphill, it's not steep uphill, but it's all uphill. And one of my uh, colleagues who was with me um, pretty much all day, all three days, complained about the fact that it's all uphill. You didn't tell us that this was all uphill, Brad. What are we doing? And I smiled and I said this. I said, but remember, when we reach the pass, Devil's Pass, then from that point on, it's all downhill. In a similar way, when we view our our present circumstances Through the lens of God's future hope It it has the ability of making our present struggle A little bit more tolerable That's what it does Now notice that I didn't say it makes the struggle disappear It doesn't God's future gives us a perspective a, A vantage point From which we can look at our present circumstances and we can, and we can muster enough courage to keep going. Even if the trail for us at this moment is a little bit uphill. God's future provides hope in our present struggle. Whatever that may be. And for those of you who are sitting here with all kinds of challenges, I hope you hear that. I hope that's all you hear today. God's future provides hope. God's future also points us to a new a new beginning. At, at verse 26 in Mark 13, uh, which we didn't read, so I'm going to read it for you. It says this, At that time, men will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with great power and glory. And he will send his angels and gather his elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of heavens. Now learn this lesson from the fig tree. As soon as its twigs get tender and its leaves come out, you know that summer is near. And when you see these things happening, you know that it is near. It is right at the door. While the future of God's kingdom has, has invaded the cosmos in the person of Jesus, which I said a moment ago was God's game changer, right? And we give witness to God's present kingdom through how we live through the struggle of, of this moment. The hope of God's future always, always, always points to a new beginning. There will be a time when God gathers from the farthest reaches of the earth all the people who have entrusted their lives to God's future. And just like when the fireweed finishes blooming on the Alaskan hillside, that is a sign that winter, sadly, is not far behind. So too, the future of God's kingdom is just around the corner. God's future always points to a new beginning. And it's at that very moment that every person from every tribe and every tongue will know that God has not abandoned us in our current circumstances. God is not somehow punishing us, making us wait, looking at a glass darkly. God is, is creating a future that is, that is rooted in the faithfulness of God in the past, and it provides hope in the midst of our present obstacles, whatever those may be, and it points us to a new beginning. And here's the cool thing. It's already begun. Because Jesus is the center of this thing. Jesus is the center of our hope. Jesus is the foundation of our future. Jesus is the one who invites us to be, to be less concerned about our own futures and more concerned about God's inbreaking future in our lives. We don't need to look under every rock in order to find the key to our future. All we need to do is to follow Jesus into the perfect future. That God has established for us. All we need to do. Is loosen our grip on creating our own futures. Long enough. To let God recreate his future. In us. So I'm not sure. Where you find yourself today. Whether. There's anything in your future that you worry or wonder about, but I'm pretty sure of this that uh, when we trust God's future, it doesn't make it any easier sometimes, but in the end, it ends up being a way better future than any of us could sculpt for ourselves. Let's pray God we toil Hour by hour Week by week Month by month We wonder about our future we try, to, we, we try to maneuver We try to manipulate We try to make all things work out Not for your good but for our good <laughs> And in the midst of that struggle we, we want to trust you But it's harder than it seems And my prayer for us today Is wherever we find ourselves In relationship to our futures That you would give us An overwhelming sense of confidence And maybe even a little bit Of courage To be able to entrust Our futures Into your hands. Even a little. In the name of Jesus Christ I pray.
1: Amen.